curated by Kohl's latest collection is now available in select stores and at Kohl's.com. For a limited time, shop unexpected new favorites like reusable drinkware from Corksicle and fun arts and crafts from UB. Warmies heatable plush toys are perfect for little ones. Homesick handcrafted candles are a great gift to make anyone feel at home. And who doesn't love sweet treats from Candy Club? Shop curated by Kohl's for these digital need-to-know brands and more. Tap the banner now or visit Kohl's.com. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Truth to Power show, and my name is Beverly, and I welcome you for joining me today. Uh, we have a guest, uh, Robert X. Robert X is out of Chicago. Uh, Robert X is a researcher. He, he researched a lot of information. He's a warrior. He, he's been around for a while, and today he's going to focus in on the Club of Rome and uh, what that group is all about. And when I tell you that it was founded or is headed by the Rockefeller, uh, you can kind of get an idea where this is going. And also it ties in with the green agenda. Uh, You know, everything they want is green now. So we're dealing with these group of people here uh, and it looks like one thing on the surface, but when you dig deep and do your research, you find out that it's something that's totally different that is going on, these hidden agendas here. And so what it seems like that they're using this Club of Rome uh, group here that is all part of this one world order again. I remember years ago when you mentioned the one world order, uh, people would say, oh, there you go, talking that conspiracy talk. But now I'm noticing that everybody is talking it now. 
and now it's being, you can see it. And so you don't hear the people talking about uh, that as conspiracy because a lot of people have done their research. And we're seeing here, it's like the covers is pulled off of these people. So we're seeing exactly what is going on. So I'm going to pull Robert X up so we can get right into, and I just love the knowledge and information uh, that is coming to us on these airways every week that we get. We have no excuse because we are getting the information. So I'm going to pull um, Robert X up and so he can really fill us in on what is going on and connect these dots here. Robert X, are you there? Yes, I am, Sister Hotep. How are you? Hotep, and thank you for joining us again. Sister, let me say to you, uh, I listen to quite a bit of blog talk radio, and I must mm-hmm. admit, uh, out of all the programs that I listen to, uh, yours seems to be, and this is not to slight anybody else, but yours seems to be more on point than all of the other uh, blog talk programs that I listen to. And I, I, I know I listen to at least eight or nine. I don't go to the chat rooms on some of them, but... Mm-hmm. I tune in and just listen just to see what's going on. But yours has got to be right up there at the top. Well, I appreciate that. And that, that's letting me know that what I'm trying to do, I'm doing it. Because the whole thing is about waking us up and us seeing what is going on out here. Well, sister, I got to tell you, uh, these past, I would say for the past month, mm-hmm. for me as a researcher and trying to keep up with what's going on is absolutely unprecedented. I know everybody's been hearing about the stuff that's going on between Tavis Smiley and Al Sharpton and, and that whole thing and mm-hmm. and a black agenda or no black agenda and Obama doesn't want to meet with the congressional black Caucasians and uh, the Jews fighting them and Biden going to Israel and Netanyahu totally embarrassing him and the the J Street Jews are still fighting the Zionist Jews. Uh, it's just absolutely unprecedented. Wars all over the place, rumors of wars. And in the middle of all that, we got the Club of Rome doing its thing. It's just absolutely amazing to me. I've never seen anything like it. And I've been researching it for over 20 years, almost 25 years now. So okay. it's just really, 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 really interesting what's going on out here. Sounds like a lot of chaos. Ah, sister, I've seen articles where they state point blank the Rockefeller, the Rockefeller, the Rothschilds mm-hmm. are taking over the world through Goldman Sachs. I've seen mainstream articles talking about J.P. Morgan Chase is doing battle with Goldman Sachs, and these articles have titles like the Battle of the Titans mm-hmm. and things like this. I mean, as long as I've been around doing this stuff, I've never seen these kind of articles before. I mean, they landed right there in front of people's face. But as you stated earlier, we should not have any excuse for not knowing what's going on. If you just take a small look or a cursory look, yeah. uh, you got to see something is going on here. But for some strange reason, black people still seem to be immersed in worshiping personalities. I do not get it. Well, we're going to keep doing what we what we are doing. You are one of the warriors, and so we're just going to keep fighting on uh, and giving out the information. The ones that hear us and, and that are awakening, 
that's who we're going to uh, focus on. Well, there, there are definitely people listening, sister, and uh, I know because I've been invited to a number of different uh, blog talk radio programs based on your program, and I can't get mm-hmm. to them all. You know, I'd like to do yeah. them all, but I, <laughs> I just can't get to them all. So I enjoy just the interaction with people, even in the chat room. I'm very active in your chat <laughs> room. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> because I like putting the information out there for people who want to go and take a look, you know, uh, when you get some time, you know, go take a look at this stuff and see if this stuff is accurate. I, I encourage that, and that's why we mm-hmm. always leave the documentation in the chat room. We don't just chat. I try to educate whenever I get the opportunity. Great, great. Now, what about this Club of Rome? Um, what is going on with them? Uh, I know everybody hears about the green movement and the environmental movement and population control and and all those kind of things, uh, all of that is coming from the Club of Rome. Now, the Club of Rome, it's a think tank, true enough, but it's much more than a think tank. It's a conglomerate of world power manipulators who basically carry out the dictates of about 300 people. And these 300 people are hell-bent on creating Hear this now, a new global infrastructure, totally, for the entire globe. Uh, They want to put a new financial and banking system in place. And if you listen, you'll hear them talking about it. They, They already have the political structure out of the UN. They have a international policing apparatus that's in place. They have a judicial system called the world court uh they have a new educational system which is why you see uh, many of the foundations that we uh put a lot of faith and credit into like the educational system in this country being totally dismantled all around the country that's not being done by accident uh they have a new social structure that's going to go along with that and uh much of this stuff is coming about by way of uh a privatization through the corporate structure who are getting their marching orders from these 300 people who exist above the United Nations. Uh, the United Nations is the body where most of the global laws are coming from, and we think that they're coming from the Congress or the president when the fact of the matter is they're coming out of the U.N. from this 300 people. I think John Coleman did a book some years ago called The Committee of 300. Yeah, I remember where he talked that. About the, yeah, he talked about the 300 people who basically called the shots. Well, he didn't quite lay out in that book, and I read the book many years ago, but he didn't quite lay out in that book how the thing works, okay? And, and I think that's our mission, to kind of show people, and break stuff down to show people how this stuff really works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, we've got a, you got a lot of stuff involved in this. You've you got the law of the seas. Now, I'm sure many of your listeners probably never heard of that, but that's going to govern everything that goes on in your oceans and, and rivers and lakes and things like that uh, so that they're going to curtail uh, fishing and you only be able to catch a certain amount of fish and all this kind of stuff. All that's coming mm-hmm. out of the U.N. you got the eugenics movement and population control straight out the U.N. And I think for me... As I begin to, and I've known about the Club of Rome since the early 80s, okay? 
but it's interesting that uh, I found out in doing the research that the Club of Rome was founded. Interestingly enough, sister, now watch this, and you got to laugh behind this because you know I keep bringing up this guy because no matter what I do, he keeps coming up. <laughs> right. Uh, the Club of Rome was founded in Bellagio, Italy, where David Rockefeller just happens to have his estate in Bellagio, Italy. Yeah. See, there he is again. Right. What's interesting is uh, when you and I first started doing these programs, we dealt with uh, the uh, Group of 30 and the Bank of International Settlements. Mm-hmm. And I found out, and people can check through this particular piece of documentation here, if I can find it, that the G30 was founded by David Rockefeller in 1978 uh, from something called the Bellagio Group. People can find this from a magazine called Global Custodian for June 1990. Global Custodian, June 1990. The title of the article is The Coming of Age of the Group of 30. It says here, the founding impetus for the Group of 30 came from Rockefeller Foundation in New York in early 1978. They go on further to say that some were academics and some were bankers, like Joffrey Bell, now secretary of the group. The central banker, Paul Volcker, then president of the New York Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and they a Rockefeller Foundation board member also attended. A mention was made of the now defunct Bellagio Group, a prototype for what, for what was to become the Group of 30. So you can they go on to talk about the Trilateral Commission in this particular uh, very upscale conservative magazine, okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can see that the Group of 30, which has nothing to do allegedly with the uh, Club of Rome, but it does because when you look at the people behind this stuff and you look at where their group of 30 exists, it exists uh, above the United Nations. It is second only to the Bank of International Settlements, who they get their marching orders from. So you can see here we are talking about the Club of Rome, and they too were given birth by David Rockefeller. He is a, and they are the bastards, if you will, of the planet. That's what they are. They are a bunch of bastards because they've given birth to all kind of illegitimate stuff out here. Well, to me, it seems like, uh, you know how you, and they had a movie. I can't remember the name of that when these uh, people that were in the insane asylum and they were dressed up like the doctors and nurses and they had took over the insane asylum. And that's Uh. where we have a bunch of insane people uh, that's running this because we know that they do all of that inbreeding inbreeding, excuse me. And so you know that leads to some form of insanity uh, when you start going with brothers and sisters. And so I believe that we have some of that going on too. No doubt about it. I think that movie, I might be, was that one that flew over the cuckoo's nest? It could have been. Is that, well, no, it might have been. Where 
I don't know if it was that one where okay. you thought the doctors and the nurses were really the doctors and the nurses, but they were the pe- the insane people that had took over the uh, institute. Well, they say the people who are in charge of the insane people have to be a little insane themselves in and order to deal with insane deal people. Deal with them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. So, I mean, uh, that's right in line with what you're talking about. I call them psychopaths. Uh huh. Okay. I think that may be an even easier description for people to understand. Mm-hmm. They're a bunch of psychopaths. These people yeah. are absolutely insane. No question yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. But this and, and, they, law, and they're they, running everything, and they're putting all these laws and rules and regulations, and we're following them. And what's really interesting, sister, is they got people thinking that because you vote for somebody that somehow the policies are going to change. That's how come you can see a consistent policy. No matter who's in office, the policies really don't change. The only thing mm-hmm. that changes is the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so we saw this country being dismantled under George Bush, and the dismantling is still going on. And I use education as a classic example. Mm-hmm. We've got... Uh, uh, Barack Obama's new uh, head of the education department, Arnie Duncan, who came from the University of Chicago uh, and went to the White House with Barack Obama, he's dismantling the educational system and basically killing the unions uh, because they, they want to privatize the entire educational system. Now, here's the thing. You can privatize the system, but if you don't have any jobs, on the other end of the educational system, which is really the issue, then what point does all the education really do? Mm-hmm. And if you listen to these people, they're telling us that they don't expect to have any more jobs, any new jobs in this country uh, for at least five years. So now, what are people supposed to do for five years? Obama just... And, and to let you know that this is a plan, and, and we see it working out, in Detroit, they are dismantling the education system. They're closing down the schools. They have sent in a man named Robert Bob, and that's what mm-hmm. he do. He, that's what he do. He comes in and he dismantles. And so it's not just happening in one city. It's, this is a plan that you see that they have put into effect everywhere. Whenever you see the same things going on all over the country, you know that's systematic. And by definition, if it's systematic, that is a system in place that somebody's in control of. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. So we can see CEOs uh, being put uh, in charge uh, of public school systems beginning in the early 1980s, around 80, 81. We began to see CEOs replacing people who had degrees who had PhDs in education who formerly had run the school system. But if you understand that the privatization of the school system comes from the Trilateral Commission, okay, and that they clearly pointed out that they have to privatize the school systems because once they change the school system based on what the, uh, the nation was going to be moving towards, because education is supposed to produce that which is necessary for a nation to function properly. What they did was they removed all of the trades out of the school system. And we didn't see it back in those days because we didn't have leaders 
who was really looking or who had the vision to see what the hell was going on. They were too busy running for political office. Mm-hmm. But what happened was they took all of those trades. You could go to school, leave out of school, and go to work at a car manufacturing uh, company. Uh, you could go to work at a we used to have uh, metal shops, wood shops, auto mechanics, tailoring. All of those things used to be inside the school system. When they realized that they were going to deindustrialize this country and move all of those manufacturing jobs to other nations, they then began to move this country and the educational system away from production-oriented education uh, towards uh, what, what kind of system do we have now, sister? What, Service. Uh, right, right, okay. That's what they did. They, they changed the school system from manufacturing to service. And they knew that when they did that, just like when they changed in this entire system over to lay down this new uh, total global grid, that they were going to have uprisings. And that's why you see them putting the police state apparatus in place uh, nationally and internationally because the same things that they're doing here, they're doing all over the planet in terms of this police state apparatus. Well, when you look at the school systems, when they knew that they were going to gut the school systems, they knew they were going to have to deal with unruly uh, students as they grew up in the school systems. So what did they do? They brought the psychologists into the school systems and began to classify the children so that they could get them drugs from the age of five until they got out of the school system and prepared them for the prison industrial complex because they knew they were going to have to lock up a whole lot of people. And mm-hmm. that's what this whole thing is really about. It's about absolute, total control. And they are fully aware of what they're doing. So unless people understand these things and begin to work collectively to change the laws in this country, because that's how they do what they do. And I want people to understand, there is no relevancy to the U.S. Constitution anymore. Because what happens is when treaties are signed, and that's how many of the trade agreements and many of the laws that are being done without congressional approval or being given to the Congress, and, uh, and it, it might be three or 4,000 pages, and they give them 24 hours to sign the bill. And you must sign it or vote on it within those 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. Nobody can read that many pages in one day or two days. So what is happening is these treaties, are basically superseding the Constitution. So the Constitution no longer applies because the treaties basically make it null and void. And those treaties are coming straight out of the UN. That's where they're coming from. Mm. NAFTA, wow. GATT, all those are UN treaties. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got going on here. And I hope I wasn't too long-winded in explaining this thing so that people can really see it. And I know if you got people uh, listening who are in their 40s, I know many of the sisters and brothers can go back to the school system in the late 60s and early 70s when they begin to gut the school systems. And basically they, they put in a policy called social promotions where they wouldn't even teach the kids how to read and write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was going on systematically all over the country too and still is to this day. Exactly. 
because there are no yeah. jobs for them. Right. And then so, um, now, and now you say this 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 greening too that is tied in with the uh, club of Rome. It's one of the most interesting things you will ever read when you was we lay out the documents here and you go and you understand that they made a decision that they were going to need something uh, that would allow for them to mobilize the people uh, all over the world. They decided that the environment would be Mm -hmm. the thing that they used as the front thing to get everybody tied into this by scaring populations globally that the world was getting ready to come to an end. Okay, if you don't change the climate. And so when you look at the people who are involved in this thing, it reads like a who's who of people on the planet. Everybody from Cornell West, I said Cornell West, who just sat here yesterday in Chicago, which is why the information is so important. Here he is sitting on a platform talking about a black agenda, but at the same time, He's sitting on one of these world government boards out of the U.N., basically dealing with global consciousness, Hmm. where they want to usher in a new world religion called Gaia that's real. Now, I've heard heard the Gaia. Now, do you kind of know where they're coming from with that? Well, it's basically the ancient Egyptian mystery system of Kemet corrupted. Mm. They go. They call it New Age. But when you look at the New Age movement, the New Age movement is nothing more than our ancient history, as usual, mm-hmm. that's been corrupted by white people. Not all white people, but white people at the very top who don't practice no Christianity, no Islam, no Judaism, no nothing. They practice magic, and they've right. been using magic for many years. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes... This is hard for people to believe, but you do the research, and I guarantee you, you'll run right into this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, just I mean, it's right in our weeks. face. Yes, it okay. is. I just did a lecture a few weeks ago called uh, Entering the Net, the Rise mm-hmm. of the Six-Point Star. Okay. And what that thing did was show the connections between the Internet and the six-point star. Now, I won't get into it too tough here, but I'll just Mm -hmm. uh, say this. The six-point star is going to be the symbol that everybody bows down to in the world of tomorrow, and it's being flashed all over the place, including, and I didn't know this until I did further research into the Club of Rome, that as you begin to study some of the other facets of the Club of Rome, they're using a six hands with the fingers stretched out, all linked together to form a six-point star. The six-point mm-hmm. star in terms of the, the uh, hexagram uh, inside the six-point star is being used in commercials and flashed all over the place to put in our subconscious. And I did a lecture on this stuff almost 20 years ago called The Shape of Things to Come, where I pointed out that I keep seeing that symbol. I didn't know why that symbol was being flashed so much. And here I am 20 years later, and it's everywhere. Even when I'm not looking for it, I'm running right into it because it's, that's the thing that's going to, like everybody salute the flag, 
mm-hmm. the future, that will be the thing that governs, that will be the symbol that governs uh, the world government. That will mm-hmm. be the symbol. Wow. The six-point star. Yes. And it's That's blowing awesome. me away. So, you know, I... That's that's another you know lecture at some point in the future you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm coming to Detroit and uh matter of fact April the second. Well, I'm glad you let me know so I can put it out there April the second. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there April the second and where uh, at the uh, it's the April the second and April the third at one nine four zero zero Livernois Avenue. Livernoise, one nine four zero zero Livernoise. Okay, I know that's between Out of Drive um, and Pembroke. I, I know what that's at. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna be dealing with the the Club of Rome and the New Human Species. Okay. So I, okay. I think okay. I had mentioned where they're going to, and they are in fact uh, producing. And I know when I was in Detroit before, I pointed out that they're going to produce new species with no genitalia. And so the question was, what would you call them? If mm-hmm. anybody do a Google search, I don't have the article in front of me, but just here recently, I just got the article a few couple of days ago. They highlighted this white guy who basically used to be a man, changed to a woman, and then changed from a woman to nothing. He has no genitalia anymore. And they call mm-hmm. him the, the first I forget the word that they use, um, but he's the first of his kind that has absolutely no genitalia whatsoever. Now, did they create <laughs> him? I mean, is he what, is he laboratory? Is he part human? Part? Uh, where, what, what's going well, this on? This is a real that? human being. What what what, okay. what happened with him was he just here it is. You can go and check it out. It's from the London Telegraph for okay. March 18th. March 18, 2010, Britain is recognized as world's first officially genderless genderless person. Mm. Wow. A 48-year-old guy who had a sex change at the age of 28 and didn't decide what he wanted to be even now, so he had that closed up, and now he has nothing. Mm. And if you look at him, when you see the picture of this guy, uh, I, I, I guess we can call. I don't know what you call it. What you call a person uh, that don't have any genitalia? I don't know. <laughs> so do, do he look so, like a guy or female or both? When people see the picture, they're going to say he looks like nothing you've seen before. Wow. Honestly. Mm. He has the features of both a male and a female. Okay. So mm. he, he ain't coming from the lab. But in a sense, he did because mm-hmm. the hospitals are nothing more than laboratories as well. That's right. So when we talked about that a few months ago when I was in Detroit last year, now all of a sudden now we have the first non-gendered person. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you uh, that they're getting ready to produce and are producing uh, non-gendered persons in the lab. And so mm-hmm. you people begin to understand or why certain laws are being passed to protect people who are gay and all this kind of stuff. they got special laws for them. Right. And that's why, because they have fully uh, prepared to produce this next wave of humanity, and they're going to uh, prevent 
stop, burst. They're already doing that again through the Club of Rome and the UN policies. Uh, they don't want people to have babies. That's why you see them uh, 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 financing and funding as many population control efforts as they possibly can all over the planet, particularly for people of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, and they, they are also taking the DNA from babies at birth. And, and that's we have being housed a, in a military facility. And we have a um, a show here in Detroit where it is it's a DNA. Uh, it's like a blood bank, I call it. But they have uh, people come down and give their DNA to see if their child uh, is theirs or whatever. But that's just on the surface. Underneath that, they are saving those DNAs. Of course. And doing of things course. with them. But you can't tell it's, people, you know, they don't see it. Well, they will because now they're talking about even if you get stopped by a police, they want to take your DNA Mm-mm. for anything. So, in effect, what they're saying is they can stop you uh, basically under any pretense they want because they're going to take everybody's DNA and put it into the DNA database. And, mm-hmm. see, I know they're saying they're going to – they're looking for one thing, uh, but from my perspective, based on the research, uh, what they're looking for is certain genetic traits that some people have that others don't right. and that some of our DNA is a little different than other people's DNA. And I'll give you an example. Uh, again, in doing that uh, lecture on um, uh, internet, the rise of the six-point star, mm-hmm. uh, I have a document where it talks about them taking three strands of a DNA molecule and producing a whole new, um, uh, what's the word? <laughs> I don't even know what the word to use uh they created a whole new DNA using only three strands. And what's interesting is they set that DNA up into the star of David. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, this thing, it's really, really, again, you hit it right on the head, sister, when you said these people are insane. They are. They really are. I mean, so now why would you only take three strands of DNA, and why would you fashion it into the form of the six-point star? Because, you know, our molecular, when you look at molecular structures, you mm-hmm. automatically see the six-point star. Mm-hmm. It's a series of connecting six-point stars. Hmm. So, I mean, I see I'm, I'm going there, and I ain't supposed to go there because this stuff with the – with the Club of Rome, it's equally as important. And we have plenty of time to do that show, and I'll lay that stuff out for everybody so okay. they can go and get the documents, okay? okay. But that, this Club of Rome thing, it's important for people to understand that how they're able to become or be effective is that they write the policy for the UN being a think tank, okay? Right, right. So they write the policy for the UN, the UN is nothing more than a world body where you've got each company or each country has a representative that sits in the UN. So once the Club of Rome has its people write the policy that they want to push, they take that information to the UN, gives it to the people in the UN, 
they then take it back to their respective governments in their respective countries. And then the next thing you know, the politicians in those various countries, including this country, are pushing these laws. That's how they're able to do their thing. That's how they're able to control people and countries. But now here's perhaps one of the scariest things. They have every intention and are in the process through these trade agreements or treaties, as they call them, of breaking up the planet into ten pieces with each piece responsible for certain areas of world responsibility, such as food, manufacturing, uh, technology, education, science, that kind of thing. Okay. So the way the world is constructed today is going to be totally different in the near future. That's, that process is called regionalism. And let me see if I can find my document here. I'm going to quote you something here to show you how dangerous this is. You can get this from an article or any, everybody just Google the Green Agenda the green agenda, mm-hmm. and then click on the subtopic, which comes right out of the Club of Rome because they wrote a number of position papers called Mankind at the Turning Point. Mankind at the Turning Point. And here's what it says in that particular document. It says here, the fourth report by the Club of Rome was published in 1976 entitled Goals for Mankind, a report by the Club of Rome on the new horizons of global community. The lead author was then president of the Club of Rome, Irvin Laszlo. This very long report basically expands on the concept first suggested in Mankind at the Turning Point of dividing the world into interdependent super-regions. A detailed computer model was developed uh, the Club of Rome seems to love computer models. There's usually at least one in each report, uh, which assign different roles and responsibilities to each region. North America was responsible for food production, uh, natural resources, uh, mid-tech manufacturing. Uh, Japan was responsible for high-tech manufacturing, fisheries, and some mid-tech manufacturing. Europe was responsible for financial services, high-tech manufacturing. Uh, China is in charge of low-tech manufacturing. And you can see, sister, that much of what they're talking about here is already being put in place today. Because exactly. all of the manufacturing that used to occur in this country is now in China. Yeah. Low-tech manufacturing, okay? Mm-hmm. You can see the mid-level technology is being manufactured in Japan. That's been going on since the late 60s when uh, they were given parts of this market to stay as an ally uh, to the U.S. They were given a stereo market, for an example. Mm-hmm. And we begin to see all of the major technological companies who produce stereo equipment leave this country and basically have their products manufactured in Japan. Right. Okay? And, of course, uh, they say here, you now this is what's disturbing for me. This is why these people have to be fought. Africa and the Middle East 
is responsible for producing natural resources for the rest of the of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's it. In other words, Africa is going to be consistently, uh, I, I won't use that word that I was going to say, but uh, marginalized uh, by continuously having their resources uh, taken by these people, uh, won't be able to produce food for themselves. They have to purchase the food from the people or the sector that's responsible for food production. Hmm. And when you when you read the Trilateral Commission documents, you will find world management being mentioned all the time. It, world management to the Trilateral Commission is just like uh, world governance to the Club of Rome and sustainable development to the Club of Rome because you'll see sustainable development or sustainability being mentioned over and over and over. And when you hear people using those phrases, Mm -hmm. you need to go and take a look and see if they're members of the Club of Rome. So that's the world of tomorrow. And so when I tell people that we can vote for whoever we want to, it really doesn't make any difference. Most people don't really understand until they understand what really governs the world. Mm-hmm. These people have a uh, a world system that basically uh, views people, according to them, as world problematic. World problematic. In other words, a world problem. The people are the problem in the world. They say that democracy has to be replaced, okay, because democracy can no longer be counted on to control the people. That's why you see the Constitution being removed. And if they can't get people to get the people to act like sheep Mm -hmm. under the guise of democracy, they call that world resolutique, which means they'll have to go to plan B. And plan B is to basically put the police state apparatus in, create uh, uh, wars and, and, and things where people begin to fight each other because they say that they only want, in terms of a manageable system, 500 million to 1 billion people on the planet. And they don't care how they get them off of here. Okay? Uh, The first study written by the Club of Rome was called Limits to Growth. That's the first thing that I read. And let me tell you something, sister, how, how deep this stuff gets. You can go and put in Limits to Growth on your computer right now, and it won't come up. Okay. They've hidden it. Mm. You'll, you'll find stuff You can go to the Club of Rome website You will find limits to growth okay? okay That book was written in 1972 So I do know of a site That you can get it from Okay. And this will blow your mind Okay when you read mm. limits to growth Because this is like their bible This is the very first publication That they did You can go to Biblio let me spell it, bibliotechaplies.net, so I'm going to spell it. Okay. B-I-B-L-I-O, 
T-E-C-A-T-L-E-Y-A-D-E-S dot net. All right. And if you go there, you should be able to find limits to growth. But I'm telling you, sister, I spent fully almost eight hours looking for this document again because I didn't want to go through all the research papers that I have here because sometimes I have my stuff mixed up, and it takes me, it'll take me a day to find some documents sometimes. Sometimes I just go and, and uh, 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 copy another copy. I looked for eight hours for this thing and couldn't find it anywhere on the net. Mm. And I, so I had to go through all my papers to find this particular document again. And then I realized, that's right, it's not under uh, the Club of Rome. They took it, take it down because they don't want people to find out, you know, today what they were talking about in 1972. Okay. And you'll find some of the most dangerous people known to man, like Paul Ehrlich, who wrote the book along with his wife, The Population Bomb. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Ehrlich is a member of the Club of Rome. He's also a member of the World Future Society. He's a futurist. Uh, these are people who work closely with the Club of Rome to, in fact, bring about a particular environment for the future. They write the policy papers. Okay? Right. But if you go to that website, you will be one of the few people that know how to find limits to growth. Now, I'm going to quote you just a little bit here on the very first page of limits to growth. It says, if the present growth trends in world population, industrialization, pollution, food production, and resource depletion continue unchanged, the limits to growth on this planet will be reached sometime within the next 100 years. The most probable result will be a rather sudden and uncontrollable decline in both population and industrial capacity. It is possible to alter these growth trends and to establish a condition of ecological and economic stability that is sustainable far into the future. The state of global equilibrium could be designed so that the basic material needs of each person on earth are satisfied and each person has an equal opportunity to realize his individual human potential. That's straight propaganda. But I read that so you can see the kind of terminology that they use so that when you hear people using this terminology, your ears are going to automatically open wider than they normally do. Mm-hmm. These are very dangerous people. They say that the earth has a cancer and the cancer is man. What do you do with a cancer, sister? You cut it out, you radiate it out. Absolutely. Hmm. And in this document, they go on to talk about the so-called environmental uh, things that they want to do in order to get people to fall in line with the Club of Rome uh, uh, idea of what the world is supposed to look like in the very near future. I mean, these people are truly, truly diabolical. So when now they you, first introduced, go ahead, sister. What it, what it seems like to me, what they want to do is 
they want to get rid of all of the human, not mankind. They want to get rid of all the man or humans on the planet, and they want to have these, whatever you said, they created the no gender and the the uh, people that they creating in the lab. They want to have this them around, and so you have this group that's going to have total control. They have this God syndrome, syndrome where they want to be God and they want to be able to control uh, these things that they make up. No doubt about it. You, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, it's real. I know it's hard for people to believe, well, maybe not so much today, but when we were talking about this stuff 20 years ago, I, I could mm-hmm. see people laughing. Well, people right. ain't laughing no more, okay, because mm-hmm. we was talking about the Club of Rome but way back then, uh, even back in the 80s. Uh, I can remember reading stuff, uh, attending Steve Coakley's lectures, uh, where he was talking about the Club of Rome, because when you first hear the name, the first thing that pops into your mind is the Vatican. Right. right. Well... The Club of Rome is headquartered in Italy. Mm-hmm. Where's the Vatican headquartered? Yep, right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what you find is the connections with this global mafia, because I think that's a better term to call them, yeah. since the mafia is also headquartered where? Yeah, right there, too. they all right you there. You see? Right. You see? So this is truly a global mafia of monumental proportion. And it's not just that, sister. Back in the 80s, it was just the Club of Rome. In the 90s, they created two new groups. And I want people to go online because they got big pictures of these people in living color. So mm-hmm. you can see the names of the people from Desmond Tutu, okay, mm-hmm. uh, to others. I'll name some of the names here in a minute. But the name of the two groups, or the two bastards that the Club of Rome gave birth to is the Club of Budapest yeah. and the Club of Madrid. Mm-hmm. The Club of Budapest and the Club of Madrid. Now, back in my weed smoking days, if, if, <laughs> if you said Budapest around me, uh, I would have uh, likened that particular person to somebody who was always asking you for a joint. Right. A Budapest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, but today, right. <laughs> that was a vague attempt at a joke, sister. But you ain't got to laugh know. at it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, I, th- those two groups are extremely dangerous. That's where you'll find Cornell West, you know, perpetrating a fraud in front of black people, uh-huh. but working for these people along with. Uh, as I stated earlier, uh, uh, Desmond Tutu and a host of others. I mean, it reads like a who's who. As a matter of fact, you can Google globalspirit.org, globalspirit.org, or just go to the Club, uh, the club of Budapest. You, you can uh, find a link to it there. And you'll find this particular document called the World Commission on Global Consciousness and Spirituality. Hmm. And the very second picture that you see on that page is none other than uh, Mr. Afro himself, Cornel West. And the next, uh, you also got Mikhail Gorbachev, the former head of the Soviet Union. 
He's mm-hmm. a member of this. Okay. As well as Des- Desmond Tutu, Jane Goodall. I'm going to read a few more names here from different people from different subgroups who all work together. Desmond Tutu is on the Global Council on Peace and Conflict Resolution, along with Rabbi Michael Lerner, who uh, has a magazine here called Tikkun, T-I-K-K-U-N, and Ellie Weasel, who is a so-called Nazi hunter, okay, mm-hmm. on the Global Council on Spiritual Politics and Global Citizenship. You got Al Gore, Dennis Kucinich, Deepak Chopper, and Cornel <laughs> uh-huh. West. You, you, these names sound familiar to you, huh? Yeah. Now, there are yeah. other names here. There are other names here, but I'm just giving, you know, names that people are familiar with. On the Global Council on Planetary Ethics and Values, you got Stephen Rockefeller. Again, Rockefeller. Absolutely. Now, here's one that people who listen to talk radio, particularly the so-called progressives, which is nothing more than a front for these world government people. Uh, that progressive name uh, is now being used as opposed to liberal uh, because it, it, it gives the impression that they're moving forward. Yeah, they're moving forward to one world government. Tom Hartman. Tom Hartman sits on the Global Council on Consciousness, Economics, uh, Corporate Responsibility, and Economic Justice. On the Global Council on Islam in the West, you got Prince Hassan of Jordan and Queen Noor of Jordan. On the Global Council on Mindful Media, you got Barbara Marks Hubbard, who is also a very high-profile member of the World Future Society. She's a futurist, as well as Tom Hartman. There he is again. Now, he is one that everybody should be familiar with. On the Global Council on Awakening Arts and Entertainment, you got Bono, Peter Gabriel, Steven Spielberg, Michael Douglas, Susan Sarandon, Stephen Simon, and Robert Redford. Hmm, you can't do nothing but just shake your head. And, and you see, sister, it wouldn't be so bad if these people would come forth and say, well, I sit on this, because I just saw Cornel West mm-hmm. yesterday at the so-called black agenda nonsense that they had here in Chicago. Now, here's a black man sitting on, on, on something that's supposed to deal with the direction that black people are going to go in. Like Desmond Tutu, I used to wonder why he was always crying when black people was fighting them racist white people in South Africa. Desmond Tutu was never got a rock thrown at him, never got his mouth busted. The white folks just let him stand up there and cry. And then when they had the so-called Truth and Reconciliation Commission, there he is making excuses to let white people off for murdering black people in large numbers, and none of them never went to jail. There's Desmond Tutu. And for his uh, allegiance to this global thing, Mm -hmm. what did they do for him? They gave him a Nobel Peace Prize. Right. And now you know why he got it. And someone in the chat room is asking about Obama. Is he part of it, too? Uh, He just was... He held the highest position of anybody on the planet just recently when he became the head of the U.N. for a few days just before he went to the U.N. conference, okay, in Mm -hmm. Copenhagen, where they tried to push cap and trade, 
which fits right into this whole green thing, because what that was going to do is to cement the deindustrialization in this country by limiting the amount of emissions that you could put into the atmosphere, and only the filthy rich would dare manufacture anything in this country and put a, a pollution into the air because you'll get a certain amount of credits if you enter manufacturing, and if you go above them credits, it's like your cell phone. You might pay $40 a month if you got one of them cheap, you know, uh, mm-hmm. phone, be, uh, phone packages. But as soon as you go over that limit and you don't realize it, next thing you know, you're paying $80, $90, a $100 when your bill was number $40. Right. That's why you see the U.N. through the Agency for International Development subsidizing, paying corporations to leave this country and set up in other countries, particularly in the Asian sector. Mm-hmm. That's why that's happening, sister. They're being paid to leave. And the only way that's going to change, and keep in mind now, these things are treaties. They supersede the Constitution. Right. So now the only way you're going to be able to get around this is to have a total movement in this country, politically, where people saying we ain't following them treaties. That's the only way you're going to break this. And now that's going to upset some of your trading partners, but they've already made deals, and they're dropping a police state grid in this country for anybody to get out of line. You can't even say things anymore without being locked up. That's right. They don't want you to protest nothing. And they've got this military-industrial complex grid in terms of the so-called non-lethal weapons that you just saw at the G20 meeting in Philadelphia last year where they was using um, uh, uh, microwave devices, okay, Mm -hmm. that was basically in sound devices that was basically uh, driving people crazy, okay? Yeah. So... This is the kind of stuff that's being put in place. And, yes, uh, when I read the documents here, uh, they point out that once Obama was elected, they have accelerated their process. Now, here's the other thing. They have a medical body that's supposed to deal with world problems. And we talked about it all last year, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have the power now to declare martial law. It's called the World Health Organization. That, too, was given birth to out of the United Nations. Wow. I can see that. We have an epidemic, then they can shut things down. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we see these things, and see, people don't understand. They got Barack Obama because he was supposed to be a good salesman. Yes, yes. That's what he's there for. He's there, and they know that black people who really don't know Jack, I love my people, Mm -hmm. but we really don't know. And when people come amongst us because we've been educated to bow down to personalities because they got $5 and we ain't got the 35 cents. So I'm poor as hell. I'm one of the poorest persons you ever meet in your life. 
but I know more than most people on the planet because that's all I do is study and research, okay? Right. Uh, so people will call me all kind of things because I tell them who Barack Obama really is, where he came from, who financing him, and more importantly, what he's going to do before he does it. Hmm. So, you know, Farrakhan can come behind me and give little bits and pieces of things that I've basically laid out the whole thing. He'll hear little bits and pieces, and then he'll come out and save his day. He got people hollering and screaming when he ain't telling them nothing. Right. <laughs> right. It just blows me. All I can do is sit there and laugh because I say, see, that's what happens when you worship people. Mm-hmm. I'm not worshiping no man, and I don't advocate that black people worship anybody anymore. Because when you put all your faith in one person, invariably, if that person ain't assassinated, they let you down. Yeah. My thing is to educate as many black people to what's going on as I possibly can to make myself unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I would love to be just totally unnecessary. And so well, when Rob- people know the things that I do, and I give them the documentation, show them where to go and get the stuff, now you got the same stuff I got. Ain't no difference in you and me. Right. Now, Robert X, I want to open the lines up for a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know people have some questions here for you. Um, area code, let's see, area code 313-345. Do you have a question or comment for Robert yeah, I have X? A comment. Okay. To me? Yes, yes. Yeah, I have several comments. Okay. First of all, Rockefeller keeps coming up there. Now, also, the University of Chicago was funded by Rockefeller money. Oriental Institute? No question. Right there, okay. We call it the house that Rockefeller built. Yeah, okay, I just want to throw that out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you look at the Star of David, it's it's two pyramids put together. Actually, yes, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Okay, taken from uh, a, a constellation. I, I don't have all the facts before me. Uh, thirdly, mm-hmm. is that you mentioned that most of the things they do are were stolen from our ancestors and turned That's right. to benefit them, starting with their religions and so forth. Thirdly, we say we always look for we always look for an individual. We have been taught to believe in a Messiah. And that he's the only one that's going to save you. If he doesn't save you on this earth, he will save you in the next world. So, in order to, sometimes we have to shock our people. And one of the most touchy things that you can talk about our people is to talk about their religion. But it still mm-hmm. as a trap for them. And the same people that you mention, like I mention this all the time, and, and, I, and I don't have all my all together here, but I agree with essentially what you've said, like the Club of Rome, Trilateralism. You have black folks belonging to that name. People who come amongst us and say that what they are going to help us and so forth. They're going to help us to become subservient and non-existent. And so, in order for our people to want to do that, it's unfortunately in this in the city of Detroit here. There's so much hurt being put upon us that people are so traumatized they won't even take time to go even begin to. Uh, many won't, I should say, won't take time to find out what is it 
what has this happened? I heard the other other day. This is another thing, and I like it though. When you say when you speak of con- conspiracy, that's something you think might happen or is happening. But when you look at what's happening here, it is a plan. Mm-hmm. And the way these multinational and these very wealthy people look at, we are the scum of the earth. They need just enough people around here to do their dirty work and fight their wars. And of course, through the biogenetics and so forth, they'll have people with no humanity, and will do what they're told to do, and, and with glee. But so we we have to to whatever method necessary. We need to devise a way to get our people to want to read. And everything that you see is always it's, it's, they do it right, right in front of us. Now, you talk about the symbols. Our ancestors realized long years ago, tens of thousands of years ago, that signs and symbols do work. Because once you put a symbol out there and people believe in it, they'll follow that symbol over a cliff. So when you look at education, the dumbing down, and I've known people that went to vocational systems starting back in the 60s, early 70s, as you say, took out all of the trades that people, kids could learn, baking, cooking, hairdressing, you name it, to dumb down, and then how, <laughs> to the pharmaceuticals, how, when and they had a hook on that too, and because black, black children learn differently than... Right. That's right. And so we don't even know how our children should learn because we use the European model. And so mm-hmm. black children become hyper because there's a sense of simplistic statement. That's right. I'm frustrated. So what do they do? They start riddling. Now, if your child gets that's right, you can get SSI. And because our people are so ignorant, the people who hold up their hands in our community, preachers and politicians, should know what's going. No, don't turn your child into a junkie at age five or age six. That's right. In order to put him down the road. Well, I just want to. I don't want. I don't want to monopolize your conversation. But we have. No, brother, you on it. And we have got to take time to learn. Now, because even today, I speak to people, and one of the things they say, they wouldn't do that. We are taught to love <laughs> our enemy. Now, if you want to look at, see, we, we want to, most of the things that we have been taught, I'll venture to say, in my opinion, is 98% of the things we are taught are outright falsehoods, distortion, or lies. So, and obsolete. Yeah. If you want to know the nature of the man that you're dealing with, and I used when I, when I was in playing sports, the first thing you had to do was learn the rules of the game, or amongst them, get in condition, and study your opponent. So two books that I think that a person can read that should dispel a lot of myth. One is The Thirteenth Tribe by Arthur Kessler. No question. We exposed the myth of Jews, where they originated. The other is The White Iceman Inheritance. No question. Now, so, <laughs> I read them both. Now, so all of these things can be well documented, but you know, the, the, the glacial age, the interstitial period, et cetera, et cetera, it's out there in front of us. But we're told only book you need to read is the Bible. There's a the new brother. one. There's huh? there's a new book that that's written you know by Shlomo Sand, yeah. who is a uh, tenured professor at the University of Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. It's called The Wandering Who where he basically just expounds on the fact that there's no such thing as a so-called Jew uh, prior to the uh, 19th century. Well, so okay. when you look at the That Zionist, is a recent construct. Mm-hmm. What's the Zionist paper? I think, was it Herzog, the Balfour Papers about Zionism? And That's right, Theodore Herzog. Yeah, this has all been laid out. But even our people who are supposedly studying political politics and economy or political... 
they are not aware of these writings and how they done. And also, in order to pull us off, you have number one, you have to change. We use spirituality, we shouldn't, because spirituality to me means nature. We use religion and call it spirituality, and so as a result, they have plans, the insidious plans, to take away your moral and if you have spirituality inhibitions through the music that we play. And That's right. Like Oxford University and there are other universities, Yale University, I think was I can't think of his name now. Back in the back in the fifties, papers out of Nazi Germany, he was doing uh, uh, eugenics, I think they called it. But no, he was the head of mm-hmm. the class, so they had to slap him down. But brother, there's so much out there, and I think the time has passed. We don't have that much time. We might insult people, we might shock them, but at least they can say no one ever told them and point them in the right direction. Thank you, sir. Brother, I Thank heard you. you call in on Beverly's program on more than one occasion. Uh, much love and respect uh, to you and for you uh, because I've listened to your comments intently and know that you are one of the people who do uh, excellent research uh, because I've heard you question people on here who come with stuff that really has very little or is flimsy in terms of the reliability. I'm going to give this to you and for the other people because I know you will appreciate this. There is a document okay, called, uh, let me get it here, you'll love this, it's called, it's from the Club of Budapest, it's called the State of Global Emergency Draft Declaration, it's written on October 24, 2008, prepared by Irvin Laszlo and David Wilson for the Club of Budapest, now let me just give you just a little bit here, okay, you will find this quite interesting in terms of the spirituality of people. And when you hear people talking about 2012, these people are real clear that there's going to be drastic changes that take place in the year 2012. It's no conspiracy theory. These are the most prominent people on the planet. Here's what they say. The acceleration of critical trends and cross impacts among them indicates that the window of opportunity for pulling out of the present global crises and breaking through to a more peaceful and sustainable world is likely to be no more than four to five years from the end of 2008. This is close close in time to the Mayan 2012 prophecy for the end of the current world. The period around the end of 2012 is likely to be a turbulent one for this and other reasons. Predictions coming from the physical sciences foresee disturbances in the geomagnetic, electromagnetic, and related fields that embed the planet, causing significant damage to telecommunications and impacting many aspects of human activity and health. For the esoteric traditions, the end of 2012 will be the end of the known world, although the the more optimistic interpretations speak of a new world taking place of the old. If I may add one other thing, is that, see, another one of the tricks they play on us, they never want to give the correct attribution. The Mayan calendar, so-called, is nothing more than the laws of precession that our ancestors... Absolutely. That our ancestors... It has its origins in Kemet. Yeah. <laughs> and so when there's 
talk about that. When you throw in all the diabolical things of this harp and the other electromagnetic and so forth. So we don't even now another if I may throw this out, every lab not every, a lot of great labs and universities are studying us. Not yeah. only that's right. Not only not only the uh, not only the uh, uh, the genetics of it, but how are we able to survive and be creativity? The secret is the pineal gland through melanin. That's right. Now that's well documented, and you start you can start with Dr. Richard King, and you can go to universities. Just just Google on the just just Google on the uh, just Google on the uh, on the on the on the right here. See where I'm at here. Just Google on your computer. Uh, the study of melanin and put it in whatever country you want, you're going to get multiple. But, but our people, well, they, that's not true. They couldn't do that, won't do that, et cetera, et cetera. So, brother, keep up the good work. We've got to get this word out to wake up our people. And some of us, frankly, are not going to survive. And so the best no thing doubt. to do is that we have to, number one, keep our hearts, our, our hearts pure and strong and our minds clear. And I appreciate your work. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you. Too, Thank you, Colin. Uh, area code three two three. Hello, greetings to you all. Greetings, peace, sister. Peace, Robert, brother. I was going to, because um, I was just thinking. Now they couldn't read our language in the hieroglyphics and really understand. And with the Mayan calendar, do you think that we really will give them the keys, or they could really interpret to know that it will be twenty twelve? Uh, I think that there are some of them. When we live some mystery, you know, or when our ancestors live some kind of mystery for us to kind of uncover. Let me let me drop this on you. Okay. Why would you suppose that they always keep the mulattoes close to them in terms of controlling black people almost everywhere we go? True. With the Haiti trip. And that's because... That's right, and that's because you'll see that that is a system, and systems don't operate by themselves. So I think that they're using that. This is just my interpretation. I have no documentation on this, but it's just for me a logical conclusion to draw and that they are using them to basically access what they can't access, and that's us. Well, what do you think about, okay, because, you know, they have the natives in different, you know, spatted out in different reservation camps. Wouldn't it seem like they would know some mystery, you know, some of the mysteries, or would they be keeping back as well? Because Excellent they're really like the superheroes, and we still kind of underwater. So One thing I don't want us to do, and, I, and see, I find this, I have to speak to this, because sometimes, we attribute too much to ourselves without justification. And I've tried to tell people that if we can shape shift and walk through walls, I want to see people do it. Now, in defense of who we are and what we are, I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, just my own using my own self as an example. Uh, people have told me that I tend to do things to them that no one else does when I'm in their presence. Okay, now I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just that my vibration and my spirit, because I try to be beyond honest in terms of black people. I've been in this love affair with black people, happily married to them all of my life. Ain't quite worked out with the women in my life, but as far as my people go, 
Uh, I'm just madly in love with black people. And it comes through when I talk to people. And because I see so much dishonesty in terms of black leaders and people like that in general, that uh, I try to be above honest with our people. Uh, Some people who don't know me, trust me, sister, they hate my guts for telling the truth, my own people. (laughs) So I just have to keep going with it until those people get to meet me because there are very few people who get to meet me and do not, A, respect me, and B, like me, because I never put myself above anybody, but I also would never lower myself to anybody. So I ain't above nobody, but I'm not below anybody either. Thank you, Paul. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So what do you think about the Moors and the one, what is it, that one nation? You know, it's like they have the laws and the things that we need, but it's like. I respect. Okay, go ahead. Here's my thing. Uh, I ran into some Moors there in Detroit when I was in Detroit the last time. Uh, My answers to the problems are based on the research. You'll find yourself bumping your head up against the walls like many of the Moors Moors brothers and sisters are doing today. Uh, They get into that court system, and that white boy spits them up and uh, chews them up and spits them out. That's right. I mean, that's real. So Mm -hmm. now you can fight on that level if you want to. My thing is if we are the people that we claim that we are, uh, we should be able to outthink them. Uh, like in the matrix. Collectively come together with all the knowledge, everything that we have. But then we have to. We have to be able to at points in time, because again, when I talk to the Moors brothers, my answer is to create corporate structures to give yourself the same thing that you're going to white people to ask for. The Supreme Court just came down with a decision, and I talked about corporations last year, and I've been talking about them for 20 years, okay, or more, uh, as the the means by which uh, black people need to organize themselves and begin to do things not just for us in this country, but throughout the diaspora. Because once we organize and pool our resources and put in place institutions, as opposed to continuously pumping up personalities, I don't care if it's Noble Drew Ali, Elijah Muhammad, Marcus Garvey, Malcolm. I love all those brothers, but they're all gone. And the institutions, or the lack of them, is telling in terms of us worshiping them as opposed to the institutions that they attempted to put in place. So it's time out for male worship. Where's the sister in all that? It's about putting in place institutions that supersede personalities, period. And we haven't done that. That's why we're catching the kind of hell that we're catching. And we're totally disorganized. I have every intention of seeing black people going to some of the so-called hot spots on the planet where black people are fighting black people because at the base of all of these things, you'll find economics or the lack of economics. So that once we organize ourselves here and put corporate structures in place, now we can go to African countries. Now we can go to Haiti, Jamaica, the Caribbean, South America. We can go to those places and begin to sit down and break bread with our brothers and sisters who are catching the same hell as we catching, and, in fact, set up corporate structures there where we can basically uh, 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 invest our money where they do the manufacturing since they're in those manufacturing areas and, 
exports the products back to this country and to other African countries, the African people around the planet. We can do these things, but you must do it within the realms of this beast law. And people will say, well, Robert X, they'll just change the law. Fine, because you know what that'll do? That'll make them have to... Exactly. The way they run their thing is through corporate structures. Again, the Supreme Court just said you really don't have no voice unless you corporate. Now, we've been trying to tell people that that's what's coming. People don't want to listen. They want to listen to the personalities. Well, I'll tell you what you do, black people. Keep worshiping personalities, and when you look up, I ask it's going to be totally impounded like a car that's been ticketed that has no business in these urban centers. The urban centers are being totally gutted. And tourism, this country is going to be one giant tourist mecca. Yep. That's what's happening. Thank you, Carl. I hope I answered your question, sisters, but if we don't get our stuff in order here and begin to get systematic about our approach. When you set up your corporate structures, you can set up foundations, credit unions, and all those things to finance anything that you want to do and write it all off on your taxes. That's right. That's what they I mean, do. That's right. And and just like here in Detroit, they just had a corporation buy out the uh, medical, the DMC, the medical hospital. And so it's private owned now. That's everything is in Detroit is being privatized and taken over by corporate. Not just Detroit. Chicago is on the verge of collapse. The state of Illinois is on the verge of collapse. Look, here's the thing. This country has been told to remove the middle class and to usher in the dictates of the IMF and the World Bank. That's what's going on here. Again, that's straight Mm -hmm. out the U.N. That process is called structural adjustments where you basically have to privatize all the municipal valuables, if you will, Mm -hmm. roads, uh, police, fire, garbage, all of the infrastructure is being sold, okay, to corporations around the planet. That's the same thing that happened in Mexico. That's the same thing they're getting ready to do in Greece right now, but you see what the people in Greece are doing, okay? And it's all coming from the United Nations, the seat of the beast, that's where he's headquartered. That's where the dirt is coming from. And we don't see it because it's hidden in plain view. Well, you just, some people in the chat room wanted to know the solution, and you just gave them the solution. Yeah, and I, uh, I'll come. I, I Look, I'm so cheap because money ain't my value system. Okay, uh-huh. I went to Seattle and didn't charge those brothers nothing. I know they're listening. Uh, they'll tell you I didn't charge them a dime. I went all the way from Chicago, all the way to Seattle. And see, I have this thing. I know people have to survive. I have to survive too. But you must do things like let's call it pro bono, if we, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. you must do things for your people. If you're truly about liberating your liberating your people. You must do things for your people to show that you are for your people and not for the dollars. Because our people are hurting. Yeah. No, they're dying. We're really Absolutely. dying. Absolutely. Yes. And it's going to uh, take everybody sacrifice a little bit so nobody yeah. got to do a lot. So right. you set up your shares in your corporate structure. And when I go to Detroit on April the 2nd, I'm going to begin the process there. Uh, if the people are, are game, now, uh, we're going to set up time, the corporate structure what time, there. 
What time are you going to be here? Uh, I'll be there Saturday. I'm going to speak at, let me see if I can find that document. Okay, here it is. 6 p.m. Friday. Okay. That will be on the Club of Rome and the New Human Species. That's mm-hmm. 6 p.m. Friday, April 2nd. And Saturday, Economic Self-Determination Building Corporate Structures. Because now, what, we're in the middle. What, That's at 3 o'clock. Okay, so you say 6 p.m. the 2nd and right. 3 o'clock on the 3rd. And right. what and is the donation? The way, uh, see, I told the sister I would come there for nothing, but, you know, I know she has to take care of, you know, the place right. and that kind of thing. Right, uh, So and she's charging She's charging $15 at the door, but I'm going to tell my people this. I always tell people wherever I go, uh-huh. don't let that price stop you. If you don't have the $15, come, and when you come get to the anyway. door, just yeah. Yeah, just yell Robert X, and okay. then I'll intercede, and you'll get in. Okay. Okay. Great, great. Uh, area code 313-259. Do you have a question or comment? I have a comment, and I want to say behind that last one, uh, Robert X, I love you. because I've I love you more, sister. If people really wanted to help people, they wouldn't charge all these atrocious prices. I, I really do. That's that, right. That opened up my heart. One thing, a couple of things I want to ask you. Uh, I pulled up a, a document called the Jesuit Oath, and this mm-hmm. uh, brother named Eric Phelps wrote this book called The Black Pope. Mm-hmm. And is this associated with the, because the Jesuits, the Catholics, the Knights of Malta, the Knights of Columbia, are all connected with this group. So is this yes. uh, the Jesuit Jews connected with this uh, uh, the uh, the Roman uh, that you were talking about? I forget the name. Uh, the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. It's all interconnected. Okay. The Jesuits. The Jesuits were some of the early Illuminati. Okay. And I do a thing. I'm gonna do this yeah. thing. I'm gonna do this thing when I come to Detroit. Okay. Dealing with the point in the circle, because the point in the circle was the symbol of the Illuminati. But it's much, much more than that. And if you look at the Club of Rome, like I mentioned, the six hands that come together to make the six-point star. Right. Uh, the, the Club of Rome, if you take uh, the C8, let me find it here, because they take the atomic symbol, the atomic symbol, when you look at the center of the atomic symbol, that's those three geometrically moved or slanted circles that come together to make the atomic symbol. At, in the center of that atomic symbol or atom is the Star David. Okay. Now, That's the beginning. Now, oh, 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 let, me, let me give you this last little piece, sister. Okay. That's the beginning. That's the thing that all of us are made of, atoms. Okay. So when you hear the Christians talking about the first person on the planet right. was right. atom. You you see the connection between the atomic symbol and the fact that we're all comprised of atoms. And I take it a step further with the hip-hop community and how they have the cipher. The cipher is the person inside the circle and how they bob their head. And when you look at them people that's practicing our history, they go to a thing called a wailing wall. And if you didn't know any better, you swear they were listening to hip-hop the way they're sitting there bobbing their heads. And with one lock on the side where we wear locks all over our heads. Right. Uh, just like it's in our DNA. And that's like I'm sorry, go ahead, sister. Uh, the, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, the Jews, when they go to the welling wall, supposedly... In that's what I'm talking about. That's what they do. They knock their head mm-hmm. against the wall, and I thought that was mm-hmm. the same. The 
other thing yeah. is, what is the connection with the cars, the Toyota cars? And I heard one mechanic say that the sticking of the accelerator was because of the electromagnetism. That could be true. I haven't looked at that, but I knew that it was an electronics problem, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it's in the electronic structure of the automobiles because, again, that's systematic. But now the U- U.S. cars have done that very same thing, okay. but they, it's being kept hush-hush. Uh-huh. There appears to be uh, an agreement on the part of the U.S. automakers uh, and the Japanese automakers uh, because they do this from time to time in terms of, allowing one currency to flourish while the other uh, currencies uh, take the, the uh, euro, for instance, to lose some of its value to keep people from going off. Uh, so they'll lower the value of their currency to allow the other country to uh, keep its people in line while they do their little program. Uh, so it's my contention uh, that they're using that to prop up a dead U.S. auto industry. Okay. The other thing was, I, I, you know, and, and interestingly enough, I was watching the so-called uh, hearing uh, at the um, Congress, and one woman pointed this out to the Toyota, uh, the chairman of the Toyota uh, company, mm-hmm. and he sat there, you know, like almost blank, like I don't even feel what you're saying, and she was very upset, but she brought that out, but it was not really put in force. And, I mean, you, you look at these things, and you can see this in the people. They look almost like zombies and not even having the feeling of what people are experiencing in terms of unemployment. And it was like what? with Toyota, it was just interesting that over millions of cars, millions, and I'm saying, wow, that really is uh, very interesting, like two or three million or maybe four million cars just here in the United States with this uh, electromagnetism. Something is going on here. Well, what I think that that was a possibility. Now, our government owned GM. I mean, General, yeah, General Motors. And yeah, that's uh, right. And what about Chrysler? Did they own Chrysler too, or just no? They own Chrysler yet. Okay, well, they own general, and and we know that they have the technology dealing with that magnetism, electronics, that they could do something to make the the, uh, thing stick theirself. Now, let me tell you, let me show y'all how this stuff works, how the spirit is really, really off the charts. My Mm -hmm. next lecture, when I get back here, I I shouldn't say lecture, my next form, when I get back here, uh, after I leave Detroit, a week after that, I'm going to have my next form. Okay. And it's going to be dealing with electromagnetic pulses yep. Yep. and microwave pulses yep. used to basically foment uh, MK Ultra. It's MK Ultra, mm-hmm. mind control at another level. Yep. Now I, yep. I told people to go and check out Air Force 2025, so you can see when you read these Air Force documents. In that particular document, it talks about manipulating the weather and the ionosphere. Okay, mm-hmm. to create earthquakes like they did in Haiti, okay, or oh, I'm sorry, Ayiti, like they did I in Ayiti, and that they're talking about doing in Iran and other places. Mm-hmm. So they've been doing this stuff for years. Mm-hmm. We just didn't take it seriously when people like Dale Blair and some of us would talk about heart back in the, uh, I was talking about heart back in the early 90s. People call you conspiracy theories. 
But with the birth of the Internet, now it's grown up, and it has as much life in it as I got in me. That's the difference today. It's real. But they're getting ready to lock that down, too. Look, I, I, they, they are, this thing is getting so diabolical that they have fused chips with brain technology, implanted the chips into prisoners in a particular prison, and the prisoners are sleeping 22 out of 24 hours a day. Yeah. And the chips are finer than baby powder now. So mm-hmm. they're putting the chips in everything. And they're not only going to produce new people, but they're going to produce whole new organisms through the use of quantum, uh, quantum mechanics or quantum physics and with, in conjunction with nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is getting ready to change. Yeah. Well, do you think that the spirituality of the uh, people that are conscious uh, on a uh, global sense, can uh, overturn this? Or, uh, I think that I wouldn't say that for everybody, but I'll say this for black people. I know because I know we vibrate at a different level than everybody else. That's right. Uh, that's why they're taking the DNA, okay? All right. Uh, black, black people have this innate thing in us, and I believe me, uh, when I talk to people and people can feel my spirit, they know. Because they automatically get them things that you call chill bumps and that kind of thing. Hello. That's right. That's real. And I don't have to be where people are. I can feel people in your chat room. That's right. I can feel them. And I've tried to tell people the key to becoming a spiritual person is twofold. Or to becoming a much more spiritual person. You ain't got to go to nobody's church and belong to anybody's religion or adopt anybody's ideology. You have to have an adherence to truth. That's number one. And you must study. That's number two. Okay. Because as your level of information increases, there's a direct correlation with a corresponding decrease in your fear. Yeah. And you can't be spiritual and fearful at the and same fear. time. The two don't that's go together. So when you see, so when you see people coming out here claiming to be your leaders, and they got mm-hmm. 300 bodyguards around them, mm-hmm. it, it's got to tell you something. Because ain't nobody here forever. And if your God is as strong as you claim he is, why do you fear man? I I agree with you. I mean, I can feel your vibration. And and I know. But to hear you say, and that's what uh, you're about, giving information to help people. And then you help yourself. Well, I just have a... I just have a problem with people who come with the information and don't want to tell nobody nothing. I ain't going to mention no names, but when people don't come and tell you where to go get the stuff, it doesn't do, you know, I just, I just be smoking personally. Right. Okay. I get angry. Thank you, caller. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate and, you. Uh, and, and you in Detroit, so come out and support uh, Robert X on the second and third. Okay. And like All I right. said, if you ain't got the money, sister, just holler my name, and I'm going to turn my head and wave you on through. All right, I'm going to go to area code, um, oops, wait a minute, pushed the wrong thing. Let me go to area code 916. Area code 916, do you have a question or comment? Uh, Right now I'm working. I was just hoping the brother could give his uh, email address. Okay, all right, thank you. Yeah, I can do that, brother. Uh, Okay. Here, here it is, M-C-C-R-A-Y-R-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2
people don't realize that. I've seen many say the same thing you just mentioned. We are so attached to them. Some of us love them so much that I remember in South Carolina, I worked with a group out there one time, and there was one sister that asked the boy Cox a meeting we had because we didn't have Caucasian with us. It was very sad, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm crying, brother. <laughs> but I know what you're saying because let me tell you something. Uh, I, I had gotten popular here, uh, but the black media, supposedly black media here in Chicago, uh, they would hang the phones up in my face when I would call black radio back in the 80s because many of the hosts didn't know anything. And when I would call in and try to give the people information, they would hang phones up on me, and the people would get mad and call in there and call them names because most of your black radio hosts around the country are nothing more than clowns. Clowns. The They're phone, clowns. Yeah, yeah yep. they don't know anything. And so when they're confronted with people who know more than they do, and I don't advocate that you go to – you ain't got to go to nobody's college to be valuable because college is now – a waste of time. The unemployment lines are full of people with college degrees. It means absolutely nothing, okay? Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't become educated, okay? That's not what I'm saying at all. And if people want to go and get specialized training in some of the universities, I'm for that. But to tell me that in order for me to get a job, I got to go to school for, for seven, eight, nine, ten more years, and then you tell me that the jobs are not going to be here, well, which one is it? Yeah. If all of us went to college, what would we do? Brother, it's called capitalism. Capitalism yeah. has nothing to do with the free market, brother, and that's what that is. And you, you ain't right on the nail with the question. This is the kind of thing, brother, that I enjoy, brothers that do things like this. Because, see, I, well, I wish we had a way of getting you over in Panama I really wish we had a wee but as you mentioned earlier, we're not united. We're not, and I hate to use the word united, but we are not working in synchrony, if you will. We're not doing that down Let me there. give you we're a quick story. Uh-huh. Let me give you a quick story, brother. Let me give you a quick story. You'll find this interesting. I yeah. was invited down to Trinidad in the late 1990s. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with it. I was invited down there by a brother who went to Wharton Business College here. He had heard about me came to the library where I was given my forms because I try to give all my forms free, and I just take donations if people want to give me $2 or whatever. I accept those donations. But I will, he came there. He heard it. He invited me down there, paid for my, uh, my ticket and everything, and when I went down there, I was supposed to speak at the University of Trinidad. Now, I never made it to the university. I start going into the hills of Trinidad and talking to the people. I got films of that stuff to this day. And they got a place in Trinidad called the Square where the brothers gather and they talk about stuff, okay? And whoever talks the best in terms of their knowledge base, the people would give them donations, which is exactly the same thing that I was doing here in Chicago. And so I spent most of my time in the square. I never made it to the University of Trinidad. <laughs> I spent time down there talking to the people, and almost all the information that I took with me down there, I gave it to them. Gosh. 
Well, thank you, uh, Julio. You are another And I'm uh, going to give my email out again, brother. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Uh, my email is mccrayr9599 at Yahoo. And I do answer my emails because I'm on my computer, as you can imagine, a, a great deal of time. Okay. Now we have another caller in area code 301. Do you have a question or comment? Yes, I have a very quick question. I'll be very succinct to the point. Okay. Our people are intermured or uh, enthralled with the church and with voting. We push that. We push those mm-hmm. things. What, what, what can any of that do for us? Our politicians, in my opinion, yeah, well, so what, what, what we, you know. You still there, bro? Hello? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, his phone cut off, so he's going to have to call back in. He and I, I think I know where he was heading. Okay. Here's the thing. It, it doesn't matter what endeavor, what church that you're in, uh, everybody responds to capital, and I'm not a capitalist. I see it as a tool, okay? And I want people to mobilize those tools so they can become more effective in the things that they have to do. You see, if we purchase land in Africa or in other places where black people happen to reside, in Yaiti, uh, Panama, uh, throughout the Caribbean, then we can go there, set up business ventures, and basically or set up our uh, – uh, situations where we can survive by purchasing the land. And now, since we don't need anything else, we still got the corporate structures here. So if we need the money, we can always draw on the money here. But now we've got options to go somewhere where we don't need no money. You follow me? So mm-hmm. we can basically put ourselves in a position where money doesn't become the governing factor for everything that we do. And we totally neutralize it. Totally. Because I think that black people in this country have this kind of attitude that whether it's right or wrong, it's based on this culture that we're somehow better than other people around the country, African people. Mm-hmm. What needs to be done is African people here need to go to African people in the diaspora and sit and listen. Because when African people from the diaspora come here, they don't run over us. They don't have, they don't have this I'm better than you attitude. Uh, they tend to listen to us if they come among us because they don't know and they want to know. Now, I know that many of the Africans who come to this country are middle class and don't necessarily identify with us, but that you can't take that as the model for how Africans really are. I've never heard of cases where African people go to African countries and get mistreated by the vast majority of African people. I've never heard of it. So we need to understand that we need to teach them some things and they need to teach us some things. But we must create the economic climate where we can go and give ourselves options to visit these places to see just where we fit in in the diaspora. Right. Now, you're saying here that they they are using that uh, nanotechnology with the chips and things like that to control. Their whole thing is they want to control whatever population that's on this planet. 
So uh, if, if we are people that are highly spiritual, uh, is it a way that we can raise our vibration over whatever vibration level that they have that they can't control us? I, I can only tell you what I know. And, uh, again, when the sister said that she felt my vibration, okay, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. telling you how I do it. It ain't mystical. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to believe in Jesus to do it. Mm-hmm. And I tell any Christian, whether you believe in Jesus or not, okay, uh, what religion was Jesus? Because he damn sure wasn't no Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, the Christian and all of the spirit, well, it, there was no such thing as Christianity. That came okay. after him. Not while he was here. So, uh, I mean, personally, well, anyway, I ain't going there because I ain't what I'm here for. Mm Because I always tell my people, uh, I ain't Christian, Muslim, Hebrew. I ain't none of that, but I'm all of that because that's where my people at. And so I go among all of them because I've had all of those people to come to my forums. And I'm one of the few people who's gotten all these different people to sit down and listen to somebody who ain't got none of it. Mm-hmm. But I got all of it because that's where my people at. So in order to neutralize these people, I say Africa is big enough for everybody because even the Christians got to go and work for this white boy in the morning. Even the Hebrews got to go get up and go to work for them white boys in the morning. Even the Muslims got to get up and go work for them white boys in the morning. They call them jobs. So now if you can do that, why can't you pool your resources collectively since you're working for this person that you call a devil or evil people, why can't you pool your resources and I'll help you get a spot wherever you want to get you a spot in the diaspora and you can practice your religion to your heart's content and I ain't going to dislike you or like you any more or less. I'm going to still love you because you're still black and religion is what you chose to have, okay, as as a defining quality in terms of who you are. But you black way before you any of that. And your DNA don't change. I don't care what religion you got. Mm-hmm. You can't take it out of you no more than I can, although I must say they're trying their damnness to take it out. Yes, they are. And and if they want to be, uh, I mean, if we create, and it seems like we the creators, and they simulate, and they are, whatever it is that we have, they are trying to get so why don't we tap into what it is that we have and uh, they, stop them and, and you know, because it's, it's we, really a war. Because these people are very diabolical. And how are you going to get spiritual when you pray into something that basically has no effect on your daily, everyday life? But you I'm talking women, about nothing to do with religion. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about if spirituality and religion is two different things. So if people get into their spirituality more, then that's what I'm saying. Is that a way that we can kind of uh, fight back? Well, I'll tell you this. It, it just based on the fact that I told you how to make it greater mm-hmm. is going to make you far more effective in fighting that which enslaves you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know what that thing is that enslaves you, I said yesterday at that conference, that nonsense, that there was a group of lead, so-called black leaders who've been leading black people around in circles for years, right. and they've gotten tired of doing it that way. 
So now they want to come together and leave us, lead us around in a square because mm-hmm. they got tired of leading us around in a circle. Okay. Now just think about that for a minute. And you're right. It's not about religion. Uh, but if, once you attain that spirituality, you see, it doesn't matter how long you're here. What matters is what you do while you're here. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They can take me out of here tomorrow. If it's time for me to go from a spiritual standpoint, I'm gone. If it ain't, ain't nothing they can do to stop me. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, already fully aware of that because their value system is not mine. I don't value their money. There's nothing more important than knowledge. Nothing. Because right. even their scriptures will tell you a fool and his money will part. And then the Quran, right. it says you should not depend on usury, which is interest. Mm-hmm. In the Muslim religion, so they all attempt to put money in a particular vein. But somehow, those of us who claim these religious things, it's always got to be money that governs who and what we are. Well, you know, they use money as part of their rituals because money has a lot of the ritual symbols on it. So that's they using uh, that too as a ritual. Absolutely, and that's why I say we must get to the point. Well, we we can survive without it because once they remove the cash and they got you hooked into that cash of society where everything is going to be governed by the computer, which is why Barack Obama wanted everybody to have that health care card. It ain't about you exactly. getting no health care. They're trying exactly. to get you off the planet. They yep. want you to have that damn health care card so they can track everything that you do. And they can dictate exactly. what you buy, what you don't buy, when you buy it, how much you bought. We told you not to buy this, and you bought it anyway, so we're going to debit your account. Now do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about control, and that's what the Internet is about, absolute, total control. And that's now, why they call it the World Wide Web. Right. Now, now when you are on April the 2nd and the 3rd, uh, what time are you coming in on that Friday? I'm going to try to get in there early because I know after that uh, five, six-hour drive, I'm going to need at least uh, four or five hours just sit-down time. Because you want me to come on your radio to, program? Yeah, so, I, <laughs> so you could tell not the TV show that I do. Uh, I so you can tell the people. Okay. What time? Uh, it's four to five. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to get there no later than, say, 10 o'clock. So I'm going to probably leave here about 4 in the morning when the traffic is real low. Okay. So I'll get there about 10 o'clock, so that give me a, a few hours to kind of rest and relax, and then I'll come and do your program, and then leave from your program and go straight on and, and do the regular thing. Yeah, that's good. And so the people that want to hear Robert X on Friday, uh, April the 2nd, uh, they can hear him at www.tv33whpr.com. You'll be able to hear him over the internet. And I get okay, a chance Robert. to hear my, I get a chance to hear my buddy uh, Hodo this evening too, and see him okay. out there. Okay, yeah, Hodo will be producing the show. Oh, one other thing. This Thursday night, I'm going to be doing another blog talk with the sister that's invited me down there. Uh, it's we'll, on a uh, blog truth, talk radio. Truth will, truth will out. Okay. Yeah, truth will out. That's it. Okay. Blog talk and radio. What, what time is that? Uh, that's at uh, nine o'clock my time. So that'll be uh, ten o'clock Eastern. 
Okay. And that's on what day? Thursday, this Thursday evening. Okay, okay. I'm going to further deal with the whole manifestation of creating new human beings and that kind of thing. Okay, okay, all right. See, that's what it's all about. It's all about getting the information out there. And, um, you know, we got to get into that, what they call the bartering system. Uh, we got to get into that, too. Well, there are a number of things that we can do, but the bottom line is we must create options. So if people want to stay right. here, our people have uh, a thing that's in place, systems, institutions that are in place that can basically help them out with the problems that they have. Because you see, sister, there's a thing that's inside of us that's been taken from outside of us. So mm -hmm. we can't do the things that we have to do by going to the government because that doesn't solve the thing that's inside of us. We have to do these things for ourselves to deal with that thing that's inside of us that's been corrupted. You can mm -hmm. call it pride. You can call it low self-esteem. I don't care what you call it. I'm saying it's not in the church. I call it that spirit. It ain't in the church no more. It ain't on the streets. It's inside. It used to be inside of people, but it's been totally neutralized. It's still there, and that's why I always say inside of every Negro, there's a black person screaming to get out. Yeah. And uh, I do believe that uh, that black person is getting out. I do believe it might look like we're not winning the fight, but uh, the war. But uh, I do believe that we are winning the war. And we have three minutes left, Robert X. Could you give the people again how they can contact you? Yeah, you can contact me at M C C R A Y R. Nine five nine nine at Yahoo. Okay. M C C R A Y R nine five nine nine at Yahoo. And sister, do I have like thirty seconds? Go ahead. You got a couple of minutes left. Okay. Let me give the people some uh, articles that they can go that I didn't deal with uh, today, uh, but they can go to. And they, if you don't get it, you can download the program after we get off and, you know, come back mm -hmm. and get them. Uh, modernhistoryproject.org. That's dealing with the modern history, the origins of the Club of Rome. Modernhistoryproject.org. The Green Agenda. You'll find some of the most fascinating articles on the Green Agenda uh, in terms of the Club of Rome and where they're heading with this whole environmental stuff and other stuff. And you also get a list of the names of the people uh, who are parts of this thing. Uh, the Club of Budapest, the Club of Budapest.org. Uh, you'll find stuff that, again, relates directly uh, to the Club of Rome, because that's one of their sister organizations. World Shift, World Shift Network, World Shift Network.org. Uh, you'll find the State of Global Emergency Draft there, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, Clubofrome.org, a Club of Rome program, a new path for world development. Uh, Clubofrome.org. Canadian Association for the Club of Rome, that's the one that's got the three circles uh, that they basically manipulated to hide uh, the whole symbol of the atom or the point in the circle that I'm going to deal with when I get to Detroit. 
That's uh, C-A-C-O-R, Canadian Club of Rome, dot C-A, C-A-C-O-R, dot C-A. A New Path for World Government, Club of Rome Program and a New Path for World Development. Again, that's Club of Rome, dot org, uh, Club of Madrid, that's Club of Madrid, .org, like Madrid, Spain. Uh, that's just some of the articles uh, that you can go and find. And I gave you the one earlier. Oh, let me give you the one on the Group of 30 again. Uh, the Group of 30 is Global Custodian, Global Custodian, June 1990. And Limits to Growth is Biblio Capley AIDS, Biblio Capley AIDS dot net. I spelled right. that one earlier, so I'm going to spell it again. Okay, and thank you again. We're down to 12 seconds, and I appreciate you, Robert X, and I will uh, see you on April the 2nd. Thank you, Sister. Hotel. Okay, Hotel. And thank you for listening to The Truth of Power until next Sunday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you. Peace and love. Flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash auto refi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.